This episode of How I Got This Gig is brought to you by CanadaVideoCompanies.ca. If you've got a video production company, then you're going to want to get listed on this site because it could help potential clients find you easier. They also have great content on what's happening in the Canadian video production scene, which keeps you in the know and can help you as you build your business. So head over to CanadaVideoCompanies.ca and get listed. Okay, radio host Adam Leifel is my guest on today's show, and he has some great stories from working in local radio. Plus, he also has some great insights on how the radio industry has changed and why it's still relevant. This is a great one. Adam also shares his thoughts on being a local radio personality, how he manages to come up with fresh ideas to talk about every day, and he also has some tips for writing a tight, effective promo script. And how about I use my best radio DJ voice to do this entire show? Better not. Let's start the show. Hello, I'm Dean Rainey, and welcome to How I Got This Gig. I've got another great interview for you. This time, it's with radio DJ or announcer or radio personality. I'm not really sure what his official title is, since as you'll hear in a few moments that he hasn't updated his LinkedIn profile recently. But Adam currently hosts the Afternoon Drive Shift on MyFM Radio, which broadcasts in 15 markets across southern Ontario. And we recorded this episode at MyFM Simcoe Station, and wow, have things changed. I got a little tour of the studio and saw how technology has made these radio stations sleek and lean broadcasting machines. And as you'll soon hear, Adam pulls back the curtain on how radio stations are innovating, not just to survive, but to grow, to scale up. And it's pretty impressive. How I Got This Gig is also brought to you by RoyaltyFreeMusic.audio, where you can find versatile royalty-free music for your next video project. Their library is frequently updated with fresh music from some of the world's leading stock music composers, so you're only a few clicks away from finding the perfect music clip. Their library is clean-looking and easy to navigate, making it easy to discover audio tracks which complement your video production needs. Visit royaltyfreemusic.audio to find your perfect track. Okay, on with the show. Here is my conversation with radio host Adam Leifel. see on your LinkedIn, your creative production announcer at My Broadcasting Corporation. I've worked here way too long. I really need to update my LinkedIn profile. You're well, that's not your job title. <laughs> no, technically not. I mean, it's it's small market radio, so you kind of get, um, you, you become a jack of all trades. Uh, my principal job here now in August of 2017 is uh, the afternoon uh, show host. So I show host uh, uh, the afternoon show here on MyFM and across the MyFM radio network from three to six, Monday to Friday. And then behind the scenes is a lot of the creative and production stuff that I used to do as my I guess the bulk of my job, but then uh, an on-air spot opened up, and uh, that's kind of the main thing now. But yeah, small market radio, it's a jack-of-all-trades thing. You're doing production, you're doing... Um, you're doing the announcing, you're doing the on the street kind of stuff. This morning I got a cricket out of a garbage can. It's, it's really, you're doing it all. What? What was that all about? There was a cricket in the studio? There was actually a cricket within the radio station driving everybody nuts. So you, you gotta sometimes get a little bit dirty and do kind of jobs like that. (laughs) So before what you were doing was a lot of uh, advertisements. Yeah. So, uh, for a while I was writing and producing all of our commercials, uh, which is great fun, a, a great outlet for, uh, creativity and production. I mean, I'm not definitely, I'm not more of the technical aspects. That's not my specialty. I'm more of the performance aspect, but you do learn a lot about the the technical side of stuff when you're producing commercials and you're doing all of your mixing and things like that and working with advertising clients. Um, I'm not necessarily interested in the sales side of media, but in the creative side and kind of uh, as anybody in media knows that it's the bread and butter of our industry. Absolutely. I mean, we're not going anywhere without the dollar, so you got to make right. the clients happy. So uh, seeing their ROI and seeing the creative stuff that you're doing translate into stuff uh, that you were a part of is really cool. You're flexing a lot of muscles in that job. Sure. And, and, you know, it does translate as well into your on-air performance. You know how to you know how to cater to your audience, whether it's your listening audience or whether it's your clients who really both of them together are, are our product. Right. And now you're on the afternoons. Yep. 
and and so that's a that's a change. How do you find that? It's nice. Uh, it is cool having your own show and, yeah. and kind of things like that. I have a co-host. Her name is Laura. We uh, co-host the show every day. And uh, the afternoon drive is great. It's not your showcase show is your morning show, but then you got to deal with getting up early every sure. day, which I did that for years. Uh, and I think those years might be behind. I don't know. That if I'll morning ever... show is overrated, I think, on that side. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep is underrated in that yeah, respect. Yeah. So I get the second biggest show now and uh, I couldn't be happier um, having that time slot. It, it, it is. It's the one to be at for sure. It's the most fun. Everyone's kind of getting unwound from the day and things like that. So. You can talk about slightly different things. You can do it with a bit of a just a just a more of a looseness, I guess, a little bit more of an edge as well. People really look forward to that, so it's really cool. And if there's a hockey game that goes into overtime, you don't have to go to bed. That is true. I can watch <laughs> overtime now. I can go to concerts in Toronto wow, on a Wednesday night yeah. and make the go train home and still make it to work the next day feeling okay. That's great. Yeah. So is radio something that you set out? To get into? It is one of those things that I, I went my entire life wanting to do. Uh, I actually went to school originally in college to be an architect. Okay. Hated it. Yep. Uh, which, I don't know, math was never my thing. I don't know what made me think building into Can design. you draw? Are you creative no, in that sense? Well, like, not at all. And I don't know why this all worked out. I don't know, maybe it was my dad was a good builder and stuff. I'm thinking, all right, I'll do that. So I did a year of architecture, hated it, dropped out for a year, and it did another job I hate, which was like general maintenance and construction and things like that, just yeah. to kind of pay the bills and you know, get drinking money when I was back in my early 20s. Um, and searching for, you know, what the next big thing was, and I tell this story a lot, and I'll never forget the day and the moment. I was sitting on a rocking chair uh in in kind of the rec room at home and i was going through the 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 college book and my mom came up and she said you know when you were young i always you had this knack for sports knowledge i was never an awesome athlete i did play sports my whole life and and through high school and whatever but uh, you had this this knack for sports knowledge and i remember you and your little brother when you played sega genesis uh, the, the hockey video games you turn the volume down and you do your own play-by-play why don't you think about broadcasting Okay, I wow. checked the box that said broadcasting and uh, went to school, finished that. And the day after that, I started uh, this is actually the same job that I'm still working at. So it's been Get almost, a here. almost a decade ago. Yeah. With the same company. Yeah, I have worked in this office. This has been my only professional radio office ever. I think that's rare. It is cool. I did I did an internship in Toronto for a bit, and I've you know done some some side gigs on television, things like that. But really, yeah, to have that kind of longevity, especially in radio, uh, is very rare. I mean. Uh, Small market radio is kind of where a lot of people, whether it's radio or any kind of media, you start small. And so yeah. that they tell you, you know, go to the smaller markets, cut your teeth, learn how to do it. And then after a year or two, work your way up to the next step. Next step, um, I fell in love with the community I moved to. House, wife, later, yeah. now I'm stuck. So <laughs> you're not going anywhere. <laughs> no, I'm not. But it's and and I I've done some speaking to students before, people getting into the industry. Small market is not necessarily glamorous. A lot of people yeah. want to go right to the big city. They want to interview the celebrities. They want to be backstage at the concerts and all that stuff. But you're fluffing pillows for the first two years of your sure. life, and you're getting coffees, and you don't you don't really learn what the industry is all about. And I mean, yourself or anybody in any side of media when you get down and dirty with the smaller stuff if you can make that stuff work if you can start telling those kinds of stories then the big shiny stories are so much easier and that's how anybody you've heard whether it's george stromalopoulos to ryan seacrest they all started in the small town and they worked their way up so i kind of did that i just maybe lasted in the small town a little bit longer because uh, i like free parking and having my own house that's nice it's, it's very nice affordability. Maybe a, a yard and that yeah exactly well i think small market i mean well radio is extremely important important to these small markets yes. because other than that i mean i don't the newspapers don't represent the market like they used to they as don't. far as news reporting no and it's unfortunate because i still think there is a, and i know uh, it's a competitive media for us and I, and I still do appreciate what newspaper does i just think that big media companies who own all the papers now have just whittled them down to a way yeah. that they've just lost a lot of effectiveness. And I don't mean any disrespect to the industry. And I've got a lot of friends in newspaper, and I appreciate it. it's an advertising revenue or, or an advertising outlet for any well-rounded company to do. You need print. You need um, you need your billboards. You need radio. Yeah, because need... there isn't a lot of options in the small market. There's no television no, here. No, there. You need it, radio. You need newspaper. There isn't. But uh, you, you know, you read a newspaper now, and it's like this is three days ago's news. Yeah. And uh, where radio comes into small town, and okay, maybe we're not reporting on the war in Afghanistan or anything like that. But honestly, in a small town, the fender bender at the main intersection, everyone in town is talking about it. And the only place they're going to hear about it as it's happening is radio. That's right. 
So back to you getting started. Mm-hmm. You went to Niagara College? I did, yep. How was that program? Radio, specifically radio or a general Uh It was called radio and television. Well, it was actually radio, TV, and film. Uh, the first year, I was first of three years, uh, was split into all three. You kind of got your taste for each of them, each side. So you did a little bit of camera work plus on the camera. You did a little bit of film work on and off camera, radio. Uh, you did a lot of on the mic and you did a lot of production. And then uh, like a lot of broadcasting programs, it kind of splits up and then you kind of find your focus. Um, I knew film wasn't the thing, so... Why t- not? You know what? I, You're my first radio guest on here. Everybody else has been film and television. Okay. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I guess... Film was never really my thing. I think I'd enjoy acting. I do a lot of amateur yeah. theater and I've done some stuff on TV and I do like acting, I guess, but just uh, film production and all of that just, just wasn't my thing. Um, and the paychecks, I guess I was scared away from the lack of work that seemed like, and I know there's a lot of great people in film and TV production that have made wonderful careers out of it, but not that really radio is that much more of a career, I guess, but just just really wasn't my thing, but still a lot of friends doing that thing, and I still like to stay connected as a performer every once in a while. So I was really drawn to actually broadcasting, and originally sports broadcasting, I was saying, my yeah. mom had suggested that. Wore out of sports broadcasting fairly early, and through school, I covered some junior B hockey games and things like that. It was fun, but it just—it wasn't really filling the void. I was just really wanted to be more of an entertainer and things like that. Um, so. We broke into, uh, the way it works is in second year at Niagara, you break into um, a film or um, what they called presentation. So if you wanted to be like the on-air guy at a radio station or girl for that matter, uh, or the TV presenter, you went this way. Or if you wanted to be behind the scenes, you went this way. So it forked off. Oh, uh, above the line, below the line. That's a good way to kind of split it out. Kind of, yeah. yeah, which was really nice because there would be some collaborative programs or uh, uh, different projects as well. So by the time you get into second or third year, you got the presentation people who are doing uh, your 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 EFPs or things like that out yeah. on the road and you've got the actual people studying how to do the shooting and editing helping you on the other side of the project so a lot of collaboration there um which was really cool and you know they still made sure that a lot of the presentation people were getting the behind the scenes thing because i mean a lot of efp shooters now you see are it's all self-contained you know it's the reporter and the guy with the camera or girl with the camera all together now because hey if you're bella rogers i'd like to hire one person to do things rather than (laughs) hire two or three people but uh so uh, just again another change in the industry you might not have seen that 30 40 years ago it was always like a whole team of people doing all that now you're the I mean, you used to have, in news, you'd have a cameraman and a sound man sure. and a producer and the on-air person. You could have four people on a, covering a story. And you'd need a flatbread truck to bring all that equipment sure. in, where now <laughs> you can shoot a whole story with a selfie stick and, a, and an iPhone. Yeah. So uh, so that's kind of changed a lot. Uh, so we tried to learn as much well-roundedness as we could. I never got into TV as a career. And I, don't, I wouldn't say I never would. Uh, I would still certainly be open to it. It's not on the horizon right now. I'm very, very happy in radio right now. And I... I, I, I love radio's history and I still kind of like where it's standing is. I mean, a lot of media gets battered by the internet and, 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 and you know, and advertising revenue is our, is everything. And advertising always seems to be the lowest thing on every business's budgetary list. So media, it can be difficult. And so many people are trying to predict the future of media, whatever stream it is. But uh, I think radio's kind of still got a pretty good spot. And especially in a, you know, a smaller market where, yeah, we don't really have much competition here. What do you like about radio? Uh, Certainly, I like its connectivity. uh, And I like the fact that we can be just people in the community and we can still have this cool job of entertaining and informing and uh, kind of being a connection and a recognizable thing, in a, in, whether it's a small community or even a big community. I love the history of it. I love the immediacy of it that so far no other media has been able to replicate. Social media and internet is pretty close yeah. right now. Like a lot of people, even weather reports anymore. Nobody tunes into the radio for weather anymore. We do provide weather, and I, but most people, it's on our phones now. It's the first thing you do when you wake up. Our alarm clocks are on our phones now. Local news, a lot of times on Facebook before it gets to the radio. Although on Facebook, we don't know if it's accurate or not. Usually if it's on radio, we've done either some reporting or we've got we received the information from an official source. Right. So your information is still going to be fairly accurate and fairly valid, and you're going to get it very fast. I mean, and I always say, if you're a parent, as you are, if it's a snowstorm out, <laughs> there's only one spot you're going to find out if you got to drive the kids to school or not, and that's the local radio station. Right. We have right. that. And I've had a lot of people in the community say, you know, it's just so cool 
to have just regular people in the community who I get to listen to every single morning. You know, there was a generation back in maybe the 70s or 80s where radio stars, especially in the big cities, they almost had these larger than life personalities on the air. Well, they were stars or celebrities. They there were was an big celebrities. They had these big fake names, Wolfman yeah. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then they never went out in public because they just, they were on the radio for the reason. Yeah. Uh, where I just, you know, I'm the guy cutting his grass. You're going to see me out on the street and in the grocery store and things like that. And I'm going to talk to you like a friend. And Adam is my real name. My yeah. mom gave it to me. So, so I, I still <laughs> like having that, 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 that media presence, but you're just kind of one in the community. And it just, it, radio feels like that. It's, it, it's, it's fun. It, you know, we're full of music. We're full of jokes. My job is just to make everyone's day better, and that's cool. Do you love music? I do. Uh, music's not what keeps me in the industry, though. Uh, and that's one thing, uh, another thing we were, we were talking before about radio's uh, longevity and things like that. Uh, probably our main competition right now is streaming music. Uh, really? Because before, to hear an artist's brand new song, the only place you'd hear it was radio until the CD came out a few weeks later. Yeah. Now, songs are on YouTube immediately or they're on Spotify or whatever your streaming uh, service is. So we've kind of lost that game. And most commercial radio is very commercial music, which a lot of people will argue gets very repetitive. Yeah. Um, and, and most of it's mainstream. It's chart topping kind of music, you know, your standards and things like that. So we don't have it in the music game yet, but for uh, those people who still, you know, do like to have us on in their offices at work, or they just like to have us on in the car or to company. I mean, I think the car is an important thing that's keeping radio it is, relevant. And, it, and it's, it's heartbreaking. Sometimes you hear companies like Ford threaten that they're not going to have radios and cars anymore. They're just going to either have satellite or they're going to have uh, iPod docks or uh, iPod docks. I'm dating myself here, like 10 <laughs> years ago, like USB ports right, for, uh, right, right. for things like that. Uh, and they want to do away with radio. And I, I don't know uh, why, really? because I, I don't know. I, I still think radio in the car is as important as it's ever been. And and, and, and I don't know. Because satellite, tele, uh, satellite radio has no relevance to me. Or, Most of the time, they don't have a DJ. The information is not local at all. I always say this. I get asked about satellite radio all the time. It was about 10 years ago when I was just getting into the industry. Satellite radio was supposed to be the thing. Right. Uh, Sirius had launched. XM had launched one. And within a few years, uh, one of them was done. They were merged together, right? They, they merged right? together. There was actually a third company that oh, never, God. pardon the pun, never got off the ground. <laughs> uh, so those were the three in Canada that were supposed to revolutionize everything. And then, you know, and in a short time later, the only time I ever hear people using satellite radio is because it came free in my car for the exactly. first three months. <laughs> and then after that, oh, uh, there's, there's only so many Jimmy Buffett songs you can listen to in a row before. <laughs> Do I need like, a whole channel of Jimmy Buffett? I, I, no. I don't think so, so. Satellite radio never became a competitor for radio. It really didn't. It was the Spotify's and the YouTube that was yeah. like, okay, some radio's got to up our game. So the content has to be there and the local relevance and the local presence has to be there. If there's a yard sale going on, again, that comes back to that. You know, it's not, you're not interviewing JLo or anything like that, but you know what? For the people in this community, the church yard sale or the local fall fair that's is that's the biggest news you're gonna get yeah. in a weekend and that's what people care about so what was your first job outside you mentioned you were in toronto for your first job yeah i did uh, i finished my schooling and i had a, a little bit of an intern gig at that leafs tv which was just kind of okay. getting launched it was the you're team. a big leafs fan i am a diehard leafs fan so i got to go and work for the tv station which was still in its infancy when i was yeah. there so it was kind of cool it was only um i don't know there's probably only 50 employees there so i remember i i had a, i got an acceptance into both leafs tv and uh, tsn uh tsn uh a lot of the ctv stations the bell stations uh, they love niagara college grads I I guess we had a great rapport with them. So um, I, I got accepted into TSN and I was, was torn between like, I'm a huge Leafs fan, but you know, TSN is so big and so awesome. And I had a teacher say to me, uh, well, you can go to TSN and you can be the little guy in a company of a thousand people, or you can go to Leafs TV with a bunch of like early 20 somethings and kind of blend in with about 50. So I chose Leafs TV and it was great. I got to uh, cut highlight reels together right away. I got to go work on the ground at games, wow, nice. um, basically being a, a, a PA, basically and helping out with uh, the reporters on the ice, you know, just running and stuff like that. But as a Leafs fan and as an aspiring broadcaster, there, I couldn't have imagined a better opportunity to get going. I didn't stay in television. Uh, I, I really wanted to kind of get into the performance side. And usually even TV people you see, they all started in radio as well. It's just a bit of a different, easier, it's a bit of an easier way to kind of get you know, your your feet wet in the industry. But um, I'll remember that opportunity forever. It was brief, but I'll remember it. And then uh, as I finished up school, I just put out a bunch of resumes across Ontario to small market radio stations. And uh, the one that I'm at right now is the first one they called back. 
and it's it's my FM, and they own yep. how many channels? Uh, we have twenty one stations across Ontario, um, including a, a my FM network of soon to be thirteen. We're launching one in Milton, Ontario, uh, actually in a couple of weeks' time. I'm, I'm not sure when this is going to be posted, but uh, about middle of September, this is going to happen. So, uh, thirteen radio stations, which all share the same. I know I'm kind of blowing the cover here, but uh, it's not so big a secret anymore. But uh, we all share programming, which is very cool, um, and I think it's kind of revolutionary in radio. And I think you're going to see, you see it a little bit already, but you're going to see a lot of other radio stations, even some of the bigger companies, I think they're going to start to go to this model. And the reason we started this model five or six years ago was because they figured if we're going to own a bunch of radio stations, but our morning show is talking about, well, the MTV VMAs were last night. Well, if this, if we're paying a morning show in town A to talk about the MTV VMAs last night and in town B, this jock's talking about the same thing. Why are we paying two jocks? Why don't we just have one? It's all the same content. We're all talking about the same thing. We're right. all talking about uh, big winter storms or we're all talking about this stuff. So why don't we just kind of replicate that content and have a team of five or six on-air announcers do 13 of the exact same show all over Ontario with some little nuances here and there where we can you know, really tailor it to the community we're in. To me, that's revolutionary, and yeah. it's, it's 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 caused the company to grow. I mean, and uh, our parent company, my broadcasting corporation, is only, I believe, eleven or twelve years old. Is that it? We're a profit five hundred company, and we went from one radio station in Renfrew, Ontario, which started on a folding table with nothing more than a board and a, I think, a clothes hanger out the back door to keep to make <laughs> for a transmitter. To uh, now, we have 21 radio stations across all across uh, southern and eastern Ontario, um, and growing all the time. So, it, but they figured out this cool little way to so do. So, how it. does that actually work? So, you say you got five sets of DJs or five, like say the morning show. Yeah. So, our morning show is sourced from a specific location, and uh, through the the advance in technology, it, it's really all done through computers. You can take a you can take a voice recorded break. You can save it in this folder, and that folder is actually hooked up to all 13 of our stations. We all feed the same thing and uh, all of our on-air program just kind of picks up that coded file name and that is the same break and then as the DJs we just have to artistically find a way to speak to it I mean the small town we're in right now in Simcoe Ontario we live the same kind of life as somebody in Concordon, Ontario or Napanee Ontario right? Right. we're all talking about the same things I mean the weather's not exactly the same outside but you can you can find ways of creatively catering to your audience each way we're all you know we all look forward to the fall fair we all Love pumpkin spice lattes. We all, you know, we all celebrate Christmas and things like that. So you just go on and you talk as a real person from Ontario. And um, so you don't say names or anything or local. Well, you you kind of just speak. Yeah, and you don't be as specific as maybe you would be uh, at a conventional radio station. But, yeah. you know, from all we've heard from everybody who's who's kind of found out our little secret, they don't care. They just want someone to relate to on the radio and they want their favorite music and they want their local news. Now, yeah, you don't want to lose that. I mean, if it meant losing the station, yeah. I think people wouldn't. So when it comes to that. local news, we do have uh, we do have on uh, on the ground people in each of our markets who are providing that local end of it. But when it comes to just what my job is, which is basically just the entertainment value from three to six every Monday to Friday. Um, three does, to six. Aren't you on the air right now? I'm supposed to be right now. I'm, I'm just in, Sorry. Be, in between songs right now. So, but again, advents of technology, you can have a lot of flexibility in doing this. And you know, these are uh, things that radio and, and media people yeah. have figured out how to do. There's there's a lot of trickery behind the scenes, but uh, you know, you can make a lot of stuff happen in a little bit of time. And it, it's it's really kept radio relevant. You know, that like things like that because this company, there's no way we could have 13 morning shows. Right. No. no way we'd make that work. No way we'd be able to pay somebody to be here for six straight hours on a Saturday afternoon we can do a whole saturday afternoon shift in an hour you you go in and you program it in a certain way you do your talkie bits and that's kind of it and that's called voice tracking which yep. uh for industry people they'll know exactly what i'm talking about well, and, and those that aren't industry people what does that mean then yeah, the- so basically you hear an announcer on the air uh probably four or five times an hour maybe six depending on the on the station uh and all that is is the talkie parts so all we do is we go in and we we, we have a, a log of what all the songs are, what everything's coming up. We already know about what contesting and promotion to talk about. Surf the web, look at the news wires for things that people are talking about. Put your show content together. Your five breaks an hour for six hours, so 30 breaks or whatever the math ends up being, you just record them all at once. You sequence them and then you give them specific code names. You feed them into your on-air system and your talk breaks just kind of blend into the songs like a group of MP3s on an iPod playlist. Wow. That's it. And is your co-host in the studio with you or is she? No, which is another magical 
uh, secretive radio <laughs> as we actually connect via the magic of technology together. We're actually not even in the same province, my co-host and really? I. Really? Uh, I know, I'm really blowing the lid you off really all of our secrets. Behind yeah. the scenes here, this is really how the sausage gets made here. It is remarkable, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to come into the butcher shop and find out what we're actually doing here because every one of your life dreams is going to be dashed oh. by the way we do this now. You know, uh, where's your morning crew? You oh, know, of like oh, seven know. guys and somebody making sound effects. And it's, and so. Oh, I know. And even we have the we have the scouts and the cubs all coming here for tours sometimes. <laughs> and we don't even have a wall of CDs to show off anymore. It's no. all inside. See compu- this little box? It's it, all in there. Exactly. Yeah. It's um, it, it's all in computers now. We just uh, feed it into a microphone and we title it and then we send it off to wherever it's going in southern Ontario and that's it. But you know what? I blow the cover off it, but it's going to become normal in radio. I, so, I really yeah. do. It's a, it's ahead of the curve. It's the only way radio is going to stay uh, viable because there yeah. there is not a lot of money in radio. A lot of advertising goes to other mediums, if advertising at all. Fa- like social media marketing now is where a lot of clients' marketing dollars go now. It's not a lot of money, but it's a focus now. People are finding that Facebook ads are extremely effective, and that's the only way we need to advertise. We mm-hmm. don't need to go into radio or print or television or anything like that anymore. So um, we have to keep finding ways of... I hate the term cutting costs, but at the end of the day, you got to trim some of the fat out. And I think that our company, My Broadcasting Corporation, has done that. We've found out ways to do a lot of stuff with not a lot of people. Yeah, because you still have a really strong local presence. I don't yeah. think anybody ever complains about the quality. Like, it's not no. some bot that is just sort no. of... They complain about the goofballs on the air sometimes, yeah, but, that's, bit, that's, but that's... Yeah, but no, you know, and, and we made a transition to this format, I think, uh, probably four and a half to five years ago. Before we before that, we were um, uh, just your regular backyard radio station. We were a, a whole different company. We were a standalone, you know, small town radio station where we were all up in your face about everything and everybody knew all the announcers and you saw us in the community all the time. You don't see quite as much as it, but honestly, most people are not even, they're none the wiser. They just, they turn us on and they assume that, hey, here's my radio station in Simcoe or Renfrew or Pembroke or whatever it might be. Here's my people that I don't care what they look like. I don't care if I see them at the grocery store. They're the voice that I recognize every either morning or midday or night, evening, weekend, whatever it might be. So you started here, you got your first mm-hmm. real job here at this station, and what what was your job at first? Like, what were you doing to start? <laughs> I started right at the bottom of the barrel. I was the weekend and overnight news reporter, so... But you were on air then. I that's was. what you wanted. I was, that's good. yeah. So uh, I had a very generous opportunity. Uh, a gentleman named Blair Daggett was the owner of the company here when I started here, and my news director went by Kate Buick back then, and um, they were very, very gracious and very good to me to let me, you know, it's it's small market weekend news. That's the place you're going to make, if you're going to make mistakes, go and do it there, you know? <laughs> not I a remember- lot of people listening, is that the point? Like, Well, it's just it's a little bit different it's not as hard hitting it's not your showcase time and and, you know but you know you get used to to learning how to make uh some of the stories i remember like like a stolen horse saddle as a guy who moved here from toronto (laughs) i remember getting a police release about a a stolen horse saddle and i laughed at it and i threw it in the recycling i'm like no no way meanwhile meanwhile the news director comes in and says if you're in a farming community my friend now that is a big deal that's top line right there it really is and honest to god there's been stories about cows blocking the road and causing traffic there's been combine fires and things like that and like I didn't even know what a combine was before I moved to the small town. You know, we've had people call in about uh, traffic problems, a traffic problem being like maybe a fender bender or a pothole in the middle of the street where I'm like, I just moved from Toronto. I've seen traffic problems, right. but you get used to what the community's like and, and, and how to really start to tell stories and, and how to relate to people. And again, then in media, that's really what it all is all about. It's relating to people and giving them content that they want to say, okay, that's for me. I get that. So you're, you took the radio broadcasting, but not journalism. Did they touch on journalism a little bit? Did journalism they tell was mixed in there, but journalism, okay. uh, some schools, I know uh, Mohawk or Fanshawe, they offer more of a specialized journalism program. That's right. basically your training to be a news reporter or something like that. This was just an overall presentation. So you did a little bit of news. You did a little bit of, uh, like I said, EFP shooting for TV, even sports commentary. We did play-by-play. We did on on, on ice or on court, whatever it was, uh, stuff like that. So you, you really did get well-rounded. Uh, the program itself 
prided itself. I think there's actually even an option for uh, acting within the film students now. Uh, I think they've changed the programming a bit, and there's even a fourth-year option in there. There's degree programs with Athabasca University, which I didn't do, but um, uh, it it was really well-rounded, really... I grew up in Niagara Falls, so it was in my own backyard, too, which is the reason I chose that. But uh, the training was great, and and I certainly appreciate it coming here and being able to not only read the news, write the news, but how to produce the news in a way that sounded good, which eventually led me into my next step, which was, you know, becoming a commercial writer and producer. You know, some people, they'll come in here and they only know how to read or they only know how to tell the jokes on the air and stuff like that, but they have no idea how to write a news story. They have no idea how to write and produce a commercial, but um, I feel Niagara College really kind of circled the wagons when it came to to really getting all of that in there uh, to a point where here you go, start your small media job, your small market job. They're going to teach you the rest you need to know, and uh, for anybody listening who's getting into radio, go that route. Take advantage of as many opportunities as you can. You may not like all of them, but if you can at least learn them a little bit, you're going to be a lot more valuable than you would if you were just the news guy. Right. Any tips for crafting a tight, creative commercial spot? Anything that I tell anybody to craft it, uh, craft at any point, whether it's a news story or, 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 uh, or a commercial or an advertisement, a media release, whatever it is, people's attention spans are unbelievably short. Uh, first, you got to hook them in the first two or three seconds. Otherwise, you've lost him. What are you doing? How are you doing that with with audio only? Really with words. Uh, whether it's a question leading off an ad with a question, maybe it's a yeah. sound effect. I don't know what it is, but be relevant right away. Don't start off with, you know, it's the Christmas season. Thanks. I looked outside <laughs> and it's there's three feet of snow on the ground and it's the middle of December. Right. I didn't need to be told it was the Christmas season. You hear all of these cliches and this, this canned garbage in advertising all the time. Catch somebody right away, whether it's with something, and not necessarily startling, but catch them with something that, oh, I wasn't thinking about that. Or conversely, I was exactly thinking that you read my mind, you've got my attention. So something stays super relevant right off the top. And also um, stay real. Keep your conversations real. If it's a, like I said, whether it's an advertisement, a media release, a news story, radio, TV, whatever it is, stay relatable. Have a conversation with your listeners. Tell me this story the way that you would tell it to your family around the dinner table. There was a major hurricane in the United States this past weekend. Don't go all CNN on me. Just tell me what happened. Right. You know, give it to me as if you, you know, you're just telling your mom or your dad. Give it to me as straight up. Be informative, but be brief. Because again, our attention spans are short now. Uh, everything is in 140 characters now. That's all you got. That's yeah. why Twitter was so big, um, because it was just short and to the point. So anything in broadcasting, I mean, outside of film, but even film, I mean, our attention span starts to wean sometimes. You know, if this film, eh, it was two and a half hours, but probably could have been an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they're making these two and a half hour comedies. A comedy should be 90 minutes. It, get in, say your jokes, you get out. Whatever it's timing. it is. Yeah. I mean... And, that's all. I mean, I don't know how long we've been going here and how long. Hopefully, we got plenty of time, Adam. We I appreciate people who are still listening. Hopefully, we did capture you right off the top. But it's staying conversational. It's staying relevant. Yeah. Podcasting is. Being, I was on a, a podcast here in Norfolk County a couple of weeks ago talking about podcasting, and even though it's another competitor of radio, I love it because you get to have these kinds of conversation. In radio, I'm blocked off to ninety seconds each time. I've got content. I've got an audience right now. I don't know who your audience is. I love them for listening to this podcast. Uh, and I'm sure if they're listening to it, they're probably geeked out about media stuff like you and I are. So we can talk shop. We can yeah, talk yeah, all this. Yeah, yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. Yeah, and I can blow all the secrets. we don't have to give just three sound bites. Right. We can give all the context we want, and, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, we can probably even swear if we want. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> but I think at the same time, you know, what, what's great about podcasting is people who are in media can click on this and they know exactly what they're going to get. You know, I wouldn't expect a My Film listener to be listening right now. They probably don't care care how tv and radio works right but, but uh people who are geeked out about this listening right now um it, this this is fun for us to to get to do this and get to talk shop because we and our media our industry is so small we don't get to talk about this stuff no we don't often. no we, we really don't and i know i see you in town all the time and we you know we can re- relate about all this stuff or we can talk about the, the back behind the scenes stuff that you just wouldn't get if you weren't in media. the industry yeah, yeah absolutely i mean we don't we're not in the big market where we got i don't know if there's industry mixers or whatever not as much and, and, around here yeah really the industry mixer is this yeah. boardroom we're sitting in right now this Pretty is the much. only time that uh, video and radio have ever come together in there Norfolk County. I think we're starting something. Deep. There you go. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need a good voice to get into radio? People ask that all the time. I don't know what a good voice is. I mean, 
I, I guess that, that there's things that you train for. I, certainly there's there's clarity, there's resonance and things like that. But you don't need the big Wolfgang voice like <laughs> no. they had one day in the 1980s. Not anymore, eh? No. Again, that, that comes back to the realism thing. And I think yeah. we, we got over the big burly guy in the flowered shirt drinking whiskey behind the microphone and making all the sound effects and stuff like that. Great vintage love the throwbacks sure. to those days and things like that and i can appreciate them and and i'm the biggest wkrp in cincinnati fan around but um no i think people have just really latched onto the realism of it all because yeah. you know we have websites now so people know what we look like we're in the you know our photos are all over facebook and things like that oh my goodness back in the day i remember listening to djs and having no idea what they look like so having my own image and then when you saw them it was not what you imagined it never is and i yeah. still get that all the time yeah uh but when people come up and say y you don't look like your voice no they always say <laughs> i look way bigger i'm actually very very small very small scrawny balding guy with uh i i to me what's sounds like a, a nasally boyish kind of voice but a lot of people say you know you do have the voice for radio and uh I, I guess you sort of get used to it with the craft i mean i don't know anything about putting up drywall but if you do it for a couple of years you're probably going to get pretty good at it and it's yeah. the same as you know being in radio or any whatever your your art is do it for a couple of years and keep trying to improve yourself and be better you're probably going to get decent at it um you know you learn your little tricks about how to speak i don't know how give long me a couple give me a couple tricks uh, a lot like singing, using a diaphragm for speaking. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how long we've been talking here, but you know, I could talk forever. A lot of people who've ever emceed a wedding, if they're not used to speaking in front of people or uh, teachers just getting into the industry, it's hard to talk for yes. six straight hours. You yes. don't, you know, you're wearing your voice out. And I mean, a shot of whiskey does help at the end of the day, but really you're just going to destroy your voice. So just like singing, there's ways of breathing. There's ways of, of, of using certain spots within your, 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 your vocal frame to be able to talk for a long time, which also helps your clarity. Your, your, your breathing helps your clarity. The movement in your mouth helps your clarity and things like that. Expression. That's another thing as well. Um, people come in and, and, um, Oh, a lot of people, they'll say that my voice just, you know, it's around the dinner table sounds a little bit different than it does here on the radio. Well, there's a couple of reasons you, for that. You must turn it on. You, do, you have you to. do. Everybody does when they're on camera, when they're on mic, I think. You have to. Otherwise, I'm extremely boring. Right. I really am. And my voice is a little <laughs> bit quieter. And... Uh, whether it's a client coming in to read their own commercial, we teach them to do that. You know, if, if you just spoke, if you were just trying to speak to me the same way you're speaking to your banker, that's boring. Like right. nobody wants to come in and buy your, your, your cheese or your meat or whatever it is you're selling. Um, you got to make it sound a little bit fun. And it's the same, you know, in whatever your craft is. You, you do put on a little bit of a show, hopefully not too much because then people start to see through you a little bit. But um things like that anything that a singer would go through to to help the voice i guess the same thing for uh for for somebody working in radio i was told um if you can speak in front of a piece of glass without fogging it up you're speaking the right way because really? you're, you're not you're breathing right you're not breathing all over it you know a lot of people sound really <laughs> throaty or a lot of people yeah. uh when we're doing recordings and maybe you've just seen this some of this and your your um your audio recordings they'll they'll take the deep breath and they'll start talking really loud because they got all that breath in their belly and in their lungs. And as they start to keep going on, it starts to, <gasps> then we got to take this big, like, you know, Michael Phelps type yeah. breath yeah. just to, to, to kind of keep going when, you know, a, a professional will train that you, their breaths are almost inaudible. You can't even hear them. And I don't know if anybody's heard me even breathe since this interview No, you've been started, doing great. But... And usually I have to take out a lot of the breaths when I edit this thing. You do. Yours will be a, probably an easy one. Yeah, lip smacking and all this weird stuff that when you yeah. get into editing audio, you just don't think it's there until you're actually listening to it and working with it. And then you're like, oh, man. Exactly. And, and, and it's, it's a lot of diaphragm stuff, too. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, that's where the, the depth in my voice you're hearing right now. My other voice might sound kind of like this. I was hosting a music festival all week. So it's, it's, this, is, this is the throat voice that you usually hear Adam talking in, yeah. where this is the voice that you hear using your diaphragm. And it, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I don't know how to explain the physical change, but uh, have you I've, figured it out. You do. I've yeah. I've taken some vocal lessons as well, and uh, it, it basically comes from where you're breathing. Do you get nervous when you have to go on air? Not anymore. No. Uh, and I never really did. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I I was born with this weird thing. I'm actually more freaked out about a one-on-one -on -one conversation, like a first date. Back really? I used to go those. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, you mean in smaller two or three people circles? I, I, I'm way more awkward and, and weird about that stuff than, than hosting a, a show in front of 2,000 people. You're meant to do this then. I don't know what it is. I think yeah. it's, it's, to me, it's less personal. And I think when I'm in charge of the conversation, um, just because I'm so used to it now, um, I'm most comfortable, I guess. I don't need to wait for a response from people. Um, 
You have a lot of conversations in your head? All the time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I don't even need you to answer me. That'll work out well in your marriage. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, and, you know, usually I'm in charge of a conversation. Even being interviewed is something weird. Like, I, I, right. I've been interviewed for newspapers and things like that before, and I'm always like, okay, I know what to ask to get that perfect 15-second sound clip. Am I going to give that perfect 15-second sound clip? And I never do. I never get it. I always say way more than I want to say. Um, it, it, it's hard on that uh, aspect, but actually turning that mic on and going in front of people... I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I, I would relate it to people. It is talking to one person a thousand times. That's really all it is. It's a one-on-one conversation with listener A who's listening at work or listener B who's listening in their car, listener C who's getting their kid ready for school, whatever it is. It's not like you're talking to 10,000 people. You're only talking to one person 10,000 times. Right. Good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel pressure to come up with so much content? Always. That is the number one is thing it? that you have to keep in mind all the time. Content, um, I think a lot of people overthink it or they far underthink content and really think that people care about stuff that they don't. Uh, And that's, I think, one of the, um, a a bit of a sour thing that's happened since social media started. So we've started relying too much on social media for a lot of our general radio banter. Here's what happened on Game of Thrones last night. Well, Game of Thrones is huge, but probably at the end of the day, only a small percentage of your listenership is actually watching Game of Thrones. It might feel like a million people are watching it at any given time, but that's 10 million people who weren't. Last and if night. you're relying on your own social media feed, then it's skewed because it's, it's only kind of related you. to you. Yeah. So I guess the challenge becomes relating to as many listeners as you can. You're not going to hit every single one every single time. But then you start to think about, you know, what is content at the end of the day, whether it's TV or radio or whatever it is? What really is content? Why are people flipping this on to listen to me talk? Well, I got married couple of weeks ago, how many people listening right now have been married? A lot. How many people went through planning a wedding? A lot. That's life. That's content. I didn't need Facebook or Twitter or Game of Thrones for that. I got married. School starts in a week. Again, I'm not sure what time this goes on the air, but we're a week out from like school. Thursday. Right? I'll turn them around quick. So. Right. Yeah. So you're four days away from I need sending content. your kids yeah. to school. Yeah. That's probably on your in your wife's mind right now. It's like school is starting. We got to shop. We got to get the kids' sleep uh, schedules back in order and things like that. That's stuff that our listeners are thinking about. And that's, right. you don't need any sort of, you don't need to go to the police for that. You don't need anything. It's just life stuff. So content, you know, make it about life as much as you can. My co-host has a 14th month old son right now. Uh, most of our demographic in our radio station is young mothers. So this, it's like wheelhouse stuff. Like our content makes itself sometimes. This kid did a face plant and chipped his tooth the other day. There's our show. Boom. Like the yeah. show is right there. How many parents, that's their worst fear. That's content right there. So if you can find a way to, to 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 talk about it in a way that's not offensive, but it's a way that just relates to people and what they're talking about, people are are just amazing for hearing stuff on the radio and being like, that same thing happened to me the other day. Oh my God, I'm turning this up because I really want to hear about what this. Oh, and then, then the best payoff is when either they go on our Facebook page or they call us in and tell us their relatable story. And then it's just like hanging out with your friends, having beers. Yeah. You're talking about stuff that you talk about you know, it's your relatable stuff. So relatable, you don't feel the pressure to, and I got to be funny with this. I just got to be relatable and tell a good story and make a connection. You know, the superstar in you wants to have a punchline for every break, right. but you realize you're not gonna. Today, I, we had a, a Hurricane uh, Harvey down in the US. Um, I had a break about that. You definitely don't want any punchlines with that. You just want to talk about what are the listeners going to get the most out of this. So going back, you you started news reading on the weekends. Yeah. And then where did that lead to? Uh, I think actually uh, I've I've been unbelievably lucky here in my 10 years here. It just seems like, you know, you stick your nose into some certain situations and you never know what might come of it. Um, so... Probably four months after I started here doing that weekend overnight kind of thing, um, our morning news person went on maternity leave. And it was between me and the other guy about who would get the fill-in job for a year. And for whatever reason, uh, they picked me. So I actually got to go to morning radio four months after I started working in radio, which is unheard of, really. Um, But then that, again, was a great opportunity to find out the pace of the morning show, the scope of the morning show, the profile of it. Walk me through the morning show. What time you wake up and and walk me through Yeah, okay. So morning radio, depending on where you work, it might start all over the place. I know a lot of morning radio people might be in the office as early as 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. 
because um, you know you hear a three-hour show on the air, but that three-hour show probably took the other five hours of the workday to put together. Yeah. Doesn't seem like a lot, but you want to make sure you hit everything. Like I said, you want to hit your relatable content. You want to hit the relevant content. Was there something that happened last night that I should be talking about? Um, you know, a lot of people this morning, uh, the Game of Thrones season ended last night, so people are talking about that. What did I miss? Um, you want to make sure, you know, you've got the, the right forecast and things like that. So, and then you're mapping out your show. So it's a three hour show. What am I going to talk about in half an hour, one, half an hour, two, half an hour, three, how am I going to relate it all together? When do I have to give these things away? What do I have to do here? So there's your whole show. And then when you're the news person, you have to figure out, okay, okay. So, so what it's the things people need to know right away. Yeah. Is there any weather outside we need to know about? Uh, is our drive to work going to be, uh, impeded in any way? Uh, is our, our local municipal officials, are they voting on? anything big tonight uh, or even smaller things say hey, tim hortons raised their prices by a nickel this morning by the way if you're usually used to bringing a dollar 75 you need a dollar 80 today sounds sounds funny but that that is news to people that's that the news af- you need that affects people's lives so you need to spend a few hours generating all that you need to write it in a way that you're gonna you know say it effectively rewrite it because you know another industry secret is we don't come up with the news every hour chances are if you listened at seven o'clock our 8.30 news is going to sound exactly the same. Yeah. You know, we just reshuffle a few words and stuff like that because news is news. You know, when you try to hit your listeners whenever they're listening, I think uh, the average listener in the morning is about 17 or so minutes. So you don't need to worry too much about repeating content, but you just want to make sure it's always relative and always fresh because, or relevant and fresh because you do have the people who do listen from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So that's another thing as well as incorporating all of that and making sure the listeners are getting the most out of that three and a half minutes that you have. <laughs> And it's a rush. It, oh, it is, I bet. I've always said, if you want to see the busiest job you've ever seen, come to a small market radio station on a snow day. You have never seen anybody run around an office as much as that because you are on your own running from the newsroom to the studio, back to here, on the phone with the school boards, on the phone with the angry parents who are complaining about the school boards. On the And then once the schools are closed, well, this daycare is closed, this swimming program is closed, everything in, the, everything in the community is closed. you got to not only put it on the air, but you got to put it on your website. Then you have to share it in your social media feeds, and you're doing it all on your own. It's chaos. And then finally at nine o'clock, you sit and you can finally have your coffee that you poured <laughs> at 4.30 in the morning. It is ice cold. Wow. But you made it to that finish line. Morning news radio in a small market when it's a snowstorm is the most it's brutal. intense three hours any workplace has ever experienced, I would think. Wow. So you did that for a couple of years then? Did or? that for a couple of years. And then I moved uh, over. There was a spot opened up uh, in our creative and production department. And I, I never really had a knack for that. I just it was like another one of those small market opportunities where like, well, I might as well try it now. Yeah. Um, you know, news is OK. I'm not necessarily cut out to be a news reporter or anything. And this was just something different that I wanted to try. Um, so kind of just figured that out over a few years. A lot of trial and error and things like that. But um Really, really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. So I stayed actually in creative and production. Uh, probably that was I think that was the longest tenure of any of the the jobs that I've had. And I still kind of do a little bit of it behind the scenes, just not as much. Uh, and then from there, uh, I'm trying to think of how it transitioned. I don't remember exactly how the transition happened. Um, but when we were bought by our, our new company, my broadcasting corporation, um, they wanted a third person on the morning show because the company was bigger. We were, I think, the sixth or seventh MyFM at that point. Uh, the company was getting bigger. The workload for our current morning show uh, guy, Jamie, was getting pretty big. Yeah. So uh, they wanted a third person on the morning show to add some different elements. I don't know why I said yes, because, again, I went back to uh, that that whole uh, sleeping in thing. I learned that the first time I did morning news, and I don't know why I said yes again to this. But, again, another opportunity to put on the resume. Yeah, and I think you still – well, we have short memories a lot of times. We do. With with glorious – positions or that appear glorious yeah it's like i remember hating in. this job a few years ago or I, I hated this commercial shoot a few years ago but we'll work with the same client again yeah, yeah. because we'll the, the job the money's there whatever yeah. then you get in there and you're like oh what have i done I don't, i'm never doing this again that's why i said i wasn't gonna work yeah. for this company anymore right <laughs> okay so, and then again you know i uh, went i did that for i think three years up until this past uh, december when uh, the spot opened up for the afternoon show um we realigned our morning show. We realigned all of our on-air lineup, and um, and uh, the spot fit for me to be uh, the lead guy. I was only kind of the co-host on the morning show. Uh, now I'm kind of the lead guy on uh, the afternoon show, which nice. um, uh, I got to you know have all that creative control. Which Laura, my co-host, is fantastic, and, she, and, and she's great. Uh, and I don't like to you know necessarily claim that the show is mine, but I, you know you kind of are given this leadership role on the show, uh, as, as all radio shows have. They usually have one principal person, guy or girl, and then. Um, 
uh, supporting. I, yeah, I you're supporting natural. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, and then I've, I've been doing that since uh, I believe December or so. So it's been about uh, nine months. Wow, great. So it's been it's been it's and been that's the a gamut. Nice gig. It's that's been, a nice. It is a nice gig. It's been the gamut of everything. Uh, you know. Uh, a lot of radio people eventually transition to the sales side because that's where the money and the suits and ties are. I am not about that at all. I love the shorts and flip-flops at work. Right. So, And I love the entertainment <laughs> value. I'm not, uh, I know money makes the world go round, but when it comes to media, I'm not money-driven whatsoever. I am content and creatively driven. So uh, that's always my goal is to get as creative. And, and that's what how it should be. The salespeople yeah. sell and the creatives create. Like, they are. I mean, yeah. the, 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 in the perfect world, you're good at all of it, but uh, or at least you have a passion for all of it. And that's really where your management comes from although i question some of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh hey managers if you're listening right now but uh yeah no i'm always driven creatively like i said uh, writing and producing commercials i it is a sales related job whether it's sure. writing or producing or maybe you're a graphic designer for a print agency or whatever uh or if you're filming a commercial or an ad for a client you're not necessarily driven by how much the commercial cost them or what they have to pay, but you're interested in their ROI because your creative idea worked for them. Exactly. So, yeah. You want results. You yeah. want results. And hey, even if you're making a movie and you think it's a piece of art, you still have to justify the budget. You do. You still got to sell it to the audience. For sure. And the studio is going to be right there. There's all that. Okay, so... During your journey, did you get to do some live, like uh, live remotes and all of that? All the time. And yeah. we still do those all do the you? time. Yeah. I know a lot of our content is fed throughout the entire province, as I was saying, and a lot of it's done ahead of time or voice tracked or whatever. But um, one of the cool things is, is after the show and stuff like that or weekends or whatever, we still get to have that community aspect. So we're still out and about in the community. We're still doing the live remotes. Any whether... funny stories from uh, some of those? Uh, doing some live things. I, well, you definitely got to be pre prepared for anything. I mean, remember when I first moved here, they give you a phone and say, hey, go out and report on this <laughs> event. Well, we're in a small community and we're still kind of catching up technologically. So you go close enough to the lake, you wouldn't get one bar on a cell phone back then. So you'd have right. to figure out how to do a phone in remote and you have zero cell service. So there's lots of situations like that or you'd show up in your cruiser and the cruiser would break down or you'd kill the battery on it or things <laughs> like that. Um, or you'd be at events that you, as soon as you show up, you know, you have no business being there. I remember, uh, reporting on a hockey game once and I was, I was right after I moved here, you know, I was in like a nice looking suit and yeah. like, like a nice long top coat. I'm still, I guess, little residual Toronto in me before when I moved <laughs> here. And I remember going to a hockey game and I didn't realize that people in the country wear their camo gear just because it's warm. I thought right. you only wore camel gear when you went hunting. And no, everyone's no, no. in their camel gear. And one guy, <laughs> one big burly guy in beard, he just looked me up and down and said, you are not from here, are you? <laughs> Clearly. Welcome to the small town. You get a lot of that kind of stuff. I've been to it since like demolition derbies and monster truck rallies and all this stuff that my entire life, I never thought I'd actually be working as a media person at. And I would sit and laugh and strangely get a lot of enjoyment out of it and then you know you tell people going through school and stuff now it's like this is the kind of stuff that you know you're gonna remember you're gonna yeah. remember those kinds of situations you're gonna remember the mistakes you made you know the good times unfortunately we don't remember them enough we remember the mistakes we remember that crappy commercial shoot or we sure. remember that time that i choked on a carrot reading the news morning show that was a true story as well <laughs> why were you why did you have a carrot in your mouth while you were reading the news because you're hungry and you think again because you're so strung out in the morning you don't actually get a proper <laughs> breakfast you take every 10 second break you can to like either take a sip of so coffee. you're like tossing to a soundbite and I thought I'll just eat this carrot while I have them. every news soundbite you've ever heard that's actually an excuse <laughs> for the on-air person to take either a, a sip of their drink or to take a, to a bite of their sandwich or their banana or their muffin or whatever it is uh, and then sometimes you pay the price for it music how do you pick your music the number one question I am always right? asked about radio, how do we pick our music? So um, the station that we work for, my, my, my FM, we're, um, we're an, what's called adult contemporary. Um, I guess the layman's term would be soft rock. Uh, Beyonce, Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, Elton John, Brian Adams. Yeah. It's pop. It's rock. It's not rock. It's not ACDC or Led Zeppelin, but it's not, you know, the super pop of like, the Spice Girls or nothing like that. So we're somewhere in the middle. It's very general. It's, uh, I always, uh, I would say it's music people don't love, but don't hate. The kids might know a few songs. The grownups and the grandparents might know a few songs. It's all based on charts, where songs position themselves on the charts and the artists themselves. Uh, you'll get a new up and coming band, like for instance, the Strumbellas. They're kind of an indie folk band, but they had one song 
that was really kind of poppy and everyone started liking. Same yeah. with a band like the Lumineers. You know, they're a folk band, but they came out with Ho Hey, and everybody loved that song. So it kind of fit all genres. Then you've got your straight up, your heavy hitters, your Taylor Swift, your Ed Sheerans and stuff like that. They're the kind of artists that it doesn't matter what their song sounds like, it's going to go right to the top just because their fan base is so big. So their songs get almost instant airplay. Adele, the the ink's not even dry on some of her pressings and we're <laughs> playing right her up. songs because they're just going to be monster hits right away. So um, it's all chart-based and it too is um, like many radio stations across Ontario. We subscribe to programs that basically feed us this music. Okay. Um, I don't know how... They calculate album sales anymore. There's a myriad of things that go into it. It's not just album sales. It's views on YouTube. It's streams online. I don't know how they do that stuff anymore. So you get a list when you come in and you're like, here are the albums you can play. Kind of. And you can kind of pick from that? Or? Well, from the most part, a lot of times we're locked into what we play just based on our license. So okay. uh, maybe you don't like the new Ed Sheeran song. Tough luck. Everyone wants to hear it. I'm not knocking Ed Sheeran. I'm just using him as an example. So it's kind of, you just... You know that these are the songs that this format needs to be playing. There is still a lot of charts. I mean, Billboard still charts this stuff. Um, Nielsen, all that different stuff. They still chart this stuff in a way that say, okay, every week this here's our top 20 songs on Canadian radio. Here's our top 20 Canadian songs. Here's our top songs on this one. And from those, you just feed those songs into your system. Your uh, your on-air software system says, okay, this song is a category A, B, C, D, E, or whatever it might be. Uh, so your hour is going to be made up like this. We're going to start off with a B, then we're going to go to kind of a slower one, then we're going to go, we're going to throw in a real retro 80s song in here. And each of it's grabbing a song from all these different categories, category A, category B, category the C. The computer's doing that. Computer does so, all of it now. Wow. There was a day in art form where a music director sure. would have to come in. Do you even and, have a music director anymore? We do, but the music director's handling all this work for a number of stations. They're not sitting here. You know, they, they are looking at charts. They are looking at plays. They are looking at feedback about certain songs. There are sometimes there are big hit songs that we won't play because they have a certain word in them that one of our listeners didn't like. So here's my thing, because I that makes sense for me to me for new music and top 40 yeah. music because you can follow the charts and everything. But then I noticed something as listening uh, to different radio stations is that I would hear the same classic song. Yeah. And so I would hear, let's say, uh, She Ain't Pretty by the Northern Pikes. Yeah. You remember that song? Yes. So for like three months, I'd hear it quite regularly on lots of adult contemporaries. So I got this theory. I was like, well, I wonder if like SoScan or whoever is sure. doing is like suggesting hey play this for a while yeah then they can then you know it's easier for them to collect the royalties and then pay the artist and then they're done yeah it's and the, weird pop culture actually influences that a lot really? i mean uh, one of the greatest references i ever saw of that was the song don't stop believing by journey yeah a forgotten about song for most of the 90s and early 2000s until the sopranos came and featured it in one of their episodes yeah. All of a sudden, we've got this new taste for Journey. Uh, the same thing with uh, the Green Day song, Good Riddance. Seinfeld featured it in the last episode. You know, it's, it, it, it was more of a rock song, sure. but then Seinfeld featured it and everyone started hearing it. So all of a sudden, these radio stations are picking up this song because people are just liking it. Uh, bands like Nickelback can cover the gamut and have different format, different songs all the time. Um, the classic songs, w where they get the resurgence... It's tough to say sometimes. It also depends to uh, the Northern Pikes. We've started playing them a lot around here because we're actually uh, having them here for a concert in a few weeks. Um, Get out of here. Yeah, in October. What? They're playing the Delhi German home in Get October. Get out of here. The Northern you haven't Pikes. E you haven't even announced that, have you? We haven't officially. No, we okay. haven't yet. But uh, stay tuned to our website. We're going to be doing some major announcements about that. But uh, that was something we experimented with in one of our other MyFM markets, and people loved it. You know, yeah. We all forgot about the Northern Pikes. And then a certain generation was like, Grade 10, high school dance, yes. they played 1982 or whatever it was. I'm totally going there. So, <laughs> you know, they're one of those bands that, you know, they can find a way to make themselves relevant again. So you were priming the audience then. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. they're right in the wheelhouse of our audience, yeah. even though She Ain't Pretty is, you know, it's... It's a rockabilly kind of song. It it's is, and it's mostly yeah. a rock radio song. It's not a generally considered a soft rock song, but everybody knows the chorus. Yeah. It's catchy. Everybody knows it. So um, songs, I don't know, sometimes they're mysteries, how they find their resurgence, but usually it has to do with being featured in a movie or featured in a tv show or or something like that or that artist has come back with a new song and all of a sudden people are looking at um at their kind of old stuff uh rick astley for example of course right everybody knows never gonna give you up I couldn't name you a second rick astley song but he came out with new music last year so all of a sudden never gonna give you up starts to come a 
Okay, Rick Astley's we'll back in the news. So we're going to throw yeah. that back in for a month, see what listeners kind of think about that. So all of that different stuff kind of influences it. Um, there's certifications that certain songs have that you'll never not hear on the radio. Summer of 69, Brian Adams, has ba- he could live off that till for the sure. end of time if he wants. There's just those... Those songs that are going to live on. Do you forever. still have Canadian content rules that you still have to abide we, by? We do. Uh, the thirty-three percent, around thirty-three or thirty-two, I can't remember what it is. We actually purposely exceed that. I think we're up around thirty-six percent. I've heard rumblings that the CRTC is going to be revisiting CanCon laws because a lot of Canadian radio stations, you know, in and amongst all the other battles we got to fight, especially ones like here where we're close to an American border, we get a lot of influence from the states, who even our competitors a lot of people might flip to them because we're stuck playing 33% Canadian. And in music, it's not as bad. I don't either. think it's a problem in music. It's yeah. not. And we've got a lot of great Canadian music. In our format, it's a little bit difficult. Uh, in, in like indie rock or things like that, Canadian, like there's no better music in the right. world right now. The Canadian indie scene right now is one of the hottest. You but know, you don't want to get stuck playing Celine Dion songs Well, that's the, the thing is when you're in, you're in more of a soft rock classic or charted uh, aspect, I mean, there's only so many Nickelback and Brian Adams and, 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 and Celine Dion, like you said, Avril Lavigne, for example. Like, yeah. There's only so many of those songs you can play before your listeners are like, oh, I can nickel back again. So <laughs> we lose out to our American counterparts who aren't stuck to any of those rules so they can play more of, you know, the, the, the real pop songs, the Adele's, yeah, yeah. the Ed Taylor Swift's, and stuff like that. So what advice would you have for somebody who's who wants a successful career in radio, Something, you know, beyond having a good voice and that? What, what do you need? Uh, love it. That's uh, the passion for it. The, certainly the passion for it. Uh, a great piece of advice. I remember going through school and I went to a taping of, uh, well, George Strombolopoulos, he hosted this show called The Hour at the time. He said, you know what? The people who sleep on the newsroom floor are the people you're going to see in the big spots one day. It's the people who eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff. Realize that, you know what? You're in media. You're going to realize it in school right away. You're going to realize like, you know, all your other friends are reading textbooks and writing tests and you're spending your weekend with a video camera out shooting an EFP or something like that. That's your homework. You know, yeah. you don't necessarily write a lot of tests. There's not a lot of book work or anything like that. But one project that ended up being a 90 second commercial took you eight and a half hours to do. Yeah. So you're going to have to like it. You're going to realize that the hours are a little bit all over the place. Um, you're going to have a lot of people criticize your work. You're going to have listeners come up and say mean things that you don't necessarily want to hear. Just stick to your guns and do whatever it is you want to do and do it because you love it. You know, you're you're going to almost at a point almost be taken aback by, you know, you, you get to go backstage at concerts just because that's your job. Right. You know, and that's one, cool. one of the cool. Being in media is cool. It's a lot of hard work, but the perks of this job are unbelievable. We get to, and I mean, even in your own work, you've got to experience things that most people would only ever dream of. And you got to not only go do it, you got to go to all these different countries. You not only got to go to visit them, but you got to, that's your job. Experience it and get paid for it. Yeah, no, yeah. true. So, you take it for granted sometimes, but. Y- you really do. And I was hosting a music festival over the weekend uh, featuring the Trues. And after the concert, I'm just hanging out backstage because I was that guy. You yeah. got to host a concert with one of Canada's biggest bands. And I'm just hanging out, you know, having a couple drinks with the Trues after this show. Yeah. And it's like, this is, I'm working right now. This is. <laughs> Kind of cool, you know? So how much additional stuff outside of your role here do you take on to sort of carve out a career and, and you know, do, at, you do a lot of emceeing? At and- first, you want to make sure you're doing as much as you can, especially yeah. if you're uh, in, in, in radio, especially. Odds are you're not getting a job in your hometown. So you're going to have right. to move somewhere probably where you don't know anybody. So you need to make friends and connections really fast. Uh, reputation and credibility is everything. So you need to be on the streets. You need to be meeting people, shaking hands and all that kind of stuff. So at first, you definitely, it's like, you know, pushing a car up a hill. You got to you gotta lug right away first. You know, your Saturdays and Sundays, it's not like you're going out with anybody because you don't have any friends here. <laughs> so, right. hey, if there's the Lions Club charity picnic going on, just stop by, you know, have an ice cream and introduce yourself and things like that. Or wear your shirt out if you have to, your, your, your company crest on it and whatever like that. So hit the pavement a lot at first. And then all of a sudden it gets a little bit easier to push, you know, then people start to trust you to MC their things. And I'm usually honored to, to, and I do as many as I can, not, you know, it's not all of them. I mean, cause now I've got, you know, a wife and stuff I got to take care of at home as well. So, uh, you do, you want to do as many as you can. And sometimes they're paying gigs or sometimes you just get free tickets in. Sometimes they'll even give you dinner, which a lot of times I'm okay with, <laughs> you know, show up and say a few things. I mean, it, it's stuff that you can naturally do anyways, yeah. you, you know, and, and you're happy to do it because you know what, it gets you involved in your community and it's what you love doing. If you, as soon as you stop liking doing that kind of stuff, doing the extracurricular stuff, 
then maybe it's time to find something different. Absolutely. Fantastic, Adam. Thank you so much. Hey, this is so this. cool. This right? has been great. I, I'm loving the new podcast. It's fantastic. And like I said, it's cool to have, you know, media geeks like us have somewhere to go to to listen to, I don't know, whatever, whatever we've been here for an hour or so. Yeah, because I think this gives great insight to someone who might be thinking about radio because radio is a big unknown too. You don't even know. There's a lot of talk, right? Sure. Newspapers and radios and television. Everybody's in trouble. Media. Right. But, you know, you can still have a career. You know, we uh, we took a lot of uh, high school co-op students here um, yeah. in, in Simcoe. It's different than, you know, the hospital or an auto mechanic shop because five or six people in a graduating class want to be nurses. Five or six people want to be, you know, tradespeople or, or auto mechanics or whatever. There was always just that one <laughs> weird person who wanted to be in media. And we're like, we're so humbled to have them here. It's like, you thought of getting into radio. Yeah. Nobody thinks of radio as an actual job or a, a prospective career. Well, um, that's why I wanted to have you on the show because I yeah. thought, you know, Radio kind of is this forgotten thing, but it's still here and it's strong. And what you guys have done with your innovations technically, I think is fantastic. Radio is around for a while. I always say uh, there's a lot of other mediums that are in a lot more trouble than radio is. Um, I I don't need to say what, and I don't mean to wish them any ill will, but um, we're in a chain, we're in a world that three years from now could look a lot different in terms of media landscape than what we have right now. I mean, um, you know, who would have thought uh, 10 years ago that this this little thing called Facebook would be the be all end all of so many like it's I know it's eliminated jobs it's 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 revolution it's, thrown, it's just thrown news up and it really has and whether it's media or anything else we've figured out how to do things faster and way more with less people now for almost every front because of the internet and the advents of all sorts of things like that so it's our job to keep up I hope we do it we uh, we haven't been you know at the forefront of uh, of every Everything when it comes to media, we're slow to latch on to even the usage of a website. You know, yeah. websites have been around for 30 years. Radio websites have been around for about 15. So yeah. we missed wow. the boat a bit on that. So come in with new ideas. Anybody listening right now who wants to get into radio, come in with new ideas because that's what it's going to take. And and come in being prepared to, to come into a radio world that is a lot different than what you or anybody else think about radio. And, Still enjoy the old classic episodes of WKRP in Cincinnati, but... <laughs> I can reference that, yeah. It doesn't look like that anymore. It is just as much fun. It's just, you just got to look at it in a bit of a different way. Yeah, I think that's great. It's exciting and it's innovative. It still. is. And, that's great. And, uh, you know, every few years it's going to change over again. New technology is going to come around. And um, who knows, maybe podcasts will be the biggest thing in the world or they'd be a thing of a past five yeah. years from now. We don't really know. So. Well, I, I don't plan on doing this for much longer than five years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I close off every show. Usually I have a film or television term, sure. but for you, I have a radio term, sure. radio lingo, and I'm going to throw out the term, and you're going to see if you can tell me the definition. Oh, okay. now, now I'm nervous. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, kicking butt on the film and television. I think two people have gotten it right out of 10 so see, far. This so is this more nerve wracking to me than right? speaking in front of 100,000 people. <laughs> Here we go. Are you ready? Here's the radio term. You give me the definition. Hit the post. Uh, so that means when you have a song, the post is where the words come in. Yep. So, yeah. So uh, you'll hear, remember in the 80s and 90s when you desperately wanted to tape your favorite song on the radio, but the jerk of a radio guy <laughs> was talking, talking over the intro? Over <laughs> That's called a voiceover or an intro or hitting the post. So you talk over the musical part of the song, and then when the words come in, you stop talking and let the singer take over. Do you know who I remember being a master of this? Martin Streak. At CFNY. Yes. He would do those live from the Phoenix. Yeah. And he would talk. I don't know. I guess he'd get an extended version of the song and he would just, yeah. we're here live tonight at the Phoenix exactly. going all night. He would go for like what seemed like eight minutes. And an amazing and thing because back there. then you had to physically write down that you know, now our computer, our, the programs are all automated. So there's actually a little red post where the little oh. meter goes across to tell you when to shut oh, up. Oh, so you don't even need to know the music track. You can just do you it on the visual. You can do it over a song you've never oh, even heard geez. before. But uh, yeah, when, you know, back in the 70s, when people had to figure out that two and a half minute long that they had to speak over yeah. uh, Shine on Your Crazy Diamond or Stairway <laughs> to Heaven, you know, that was an art form doing Oh, totally. That. So, yeah. Well, well done. You've got it. All right. Well, thanks again for being on the show, Adam. Hey, pleasure. This was awesome. Well, there you go. The future looks bright for radio. And what I love about Adam is that he is really passionate about what he does for a living. He knows his craft, and he's having a blast doing it. And as he said, that is one of the keys to persevering and finding success in the media industry. Okay, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.